I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. It looks like I am in for some bodily harm because I am about to reveal a secret code which has come to be called the rules. And rule number 14 is, quote, any attempt to document these rules could result in bodily harm to the male, end quote. These rules were obviously written by a woman, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, threat of bodily harm to which she is referring has nothing at all to do with the possibility of her punishing me with some kind of complete sexual exhaustion. Where, you might ask, did I find these rules? I'm glad you asked. I found them in one of the forest of boxes that I haven't yet unpacked from our recent move. The box has lots of letters and emails that have come in to me over the years uh, from this podcast and also from the radio years before. Those letters and lots of 3 a.m. phone calls to my radio show are full of your life's sweat, sparks, smiles, and tears. I want to thank you for trusting me with them. They're important to me. Also in the box, I found the first drafts for my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, which is now available at Amazon.com, shameless plug, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot. One of the chapters in that draft that didn't make it into the book, maybe it should have, it has to do with the six gears of our love boats. I wrote about those six love boat gears one night while I was trying to deal with a fantasy picture that wouldn't let go of my head. It is a fantasy picture that seeps into my head just about every time my lady wonder wench takes a shower, which she is doing right now. I can hear the water running. She thinks she's just taking a shower. She simply doesn't understand what that does to my imagination. Let me explain the six gears on our love boats. First gear is neutral when nothing's going on. Second gear is pre-foreplay. And in this case, foreplay has nothing to do with golf. Four, you know, none, nothing like that. Third gear is foreplay itself. You know, kind of thing that has to do with feathers or sexy notes or surprise kisses on the neck. High gear is play, sometimes called go for it. I am completely sure that you know exactly what that's all about because you are Louie Louie generation folks who have lived Fifth gear is one that lots of people forget. I call it afterplay, and I think it is very important because if you don't deal with afterplay, things very often slip into sixth gear, and sixth gear is a reverse gear. In sixth gear, you find silence, serious sulking, exaggerated politeness, needing your own space, having an affair, or moving to separate states, that'll do it. My point is, if you don't respect the fifth gear after play, your love boat will probably slip into sixth gear, which means it'll back up and crash on the rocks and face it, you spend most of your time in fifth gear. But nobody ever talks about it. Not even the women's magazines, I've seen them. 
Women's magazines say things like your bedroom should be a comfortable place for both you and your partner. They don't mention what that means. Among other things, I think it means you need to take the oil paintings of you with your last eight lovers off the walls. You should be sure you have some solid drapes so you have something to grab and hold on to if things get a little out of control. And for heaven's sakes, lock lock the dog in the other room, will you? (laughs) Some of those magazines do have some good pre-foreplay advice, like... um, Watch out if everybody in your new boyfriend's family are Elvis impersonators, including the women. Be careful of guys who walk around doing the goose step, wearing their pants so tight that they have to clip their toenails daily to get them on. And avoid any man who flushes the toilet while you're taking a shower just to hear you shriek when the hot water hits you. (laughs) Some of those magazines give you enough graphic advice about the play gear that you could probably pass a course on gynecology, so I won't go there. But they never say anything about afterplay. And afterplay is where you spend most of your life. So we'll have some afterplay ideas coming up. Dick's Details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's giving you erectile dysfunction out the other ear, and you can grab a big grin and win. Smart guys in the white lab coats tell us that a human body has about four ounces of salt. I will admit that I have had the pleasure of knowing several human ladies who are excellent salt shakers. If the answer is they eat seaweed, what is the question? If the answer is they eat seaweed, what is the question? You don't know, do you? Of course not, because I haven't told you yet. I will tell you in a minute. If the answer is they eat seaweed, what is the question? The average person's skin weighs twice as much as his brain, which begins to explain some of our politicians. Historians tell us that wrestling was Abe Lincoln's favorite sport. And he had kids, so I I guess Martha must have once sometimes let him win, huh? If the answer is they eat seaweed, the question is, how do fish get high? They eat seaweed. (laughs) All right, listen. In some states, they've passed laws that say the same can be said of the fishermen, too. They get high because they eat seaweed. Takes the tails, they take your mind off your mind. Little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or my spoken word story CDs at DickSummer.com or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot from Amazon.com, will you please tell a couple of friends because they might like them too and you would be doing me a big favor. So thank you very much. Neutral pre-foreplay, foreplay, play, after play and reverse, the six gears on our love boats. Maybe the most important of them all is fifth gear, after play, because that's where you spend most of your life. You know, I got to take this from the guy's perspective because that's all I have. So here goes, guys, about after play. Think Sir Lancelot, guys. Sir Lancelot was mighty in battle, and he wore his lady's scarf on his helmet with pride. Her name was Guinevere. She was his queen. 
and watching him do battle wearing her scarf on his helmet was one of the things that made her his woman. Now let me ask you guys, when is the last time you showed somebody a picture of your lady and said, hey, you want to see something beautiful? Huh? And how's your hand-holding technique? Is that her hand or some cell phone that you're usually holding? Do you open doors for her? Do you hold her chair? When you leave the room, do you touch her gently on the shoulder and kiss her quickly on the wrist? Do you have some very private words for her every day, huh? When is the last time you brought her flowers? For no specific reason. Just because she's a pretty lady and... You tell her that pretty ladies should have pretty things. Can she count on you to supply a strong, broad, soft shoulder for her to cry on when she's upset? Do you take time to shave, put on a clean pair of jeans, and comb your hair before you sit down to share a chick flick with her? Do you read to her for a few minutes every night? to put some personal space between the nasty stuff on TV news and her dreams. Is the back rubber your middle name? There's a story about a couple who seem to have their after-play gears going pretty well. In my Night Connection Spoken Word Story CDs, give it a listen. It's called The Aging Wild Child. You're sitting on the bed in an old nightshirt, kind of smiling. You're barefoot. Your hair has that bird's nest look that sometimes happens to people who have kids, a job, a husband, and a home to look after. He's late tonight. He works for a computer company. Since the downsizing, he's been doing two people's jobs. You've been married for 15 years. It's hard to believe. Even you didn't think it would last. You didn't really love him that much when you got married. You were pregnant. And you're pretty sure the baby's father is the man standing next to your husband in the wedding picture on the wall, his best man. You were a little wild in those days. You thought it was exciting to spend the night with your husband's best friend just before the wedding. You're pretty sure now that Your husband knew all along that your oldest son was probably not physically his. But it never seemed to matter to him at all. He is in every way the boy's father. And he is in every way your husband. You've become very proud of him and what you have together. His best friend is single again. He's been through two marriages now. He's a cheater, an alcoholic, and a wife beater. You've never told him or anyone else that he was probably your son's father. And every time you see him, you think about what a narrow escape you had from that kind of life. Your husband is a very quiet guy. Steady. Dependable. Some of your friends call him Mr. Dull. (laughs) But he comes home to you at night because he wants to. He keeps fresh flowers on the dining room table. And sometimes he still asks you how he ever got so lucky that you would marry him. The electricity that snaps from your brush as you fix your hair can't compare to the electricity that you feel inside as you slowly slip out of that old nightshirt and into your sheer black teddy. 
you're going to see to it that your own very special Mr. Doe becomes Mr. Lucky again just as soon as he walks through that door. Child is from my Night Connections personal audio story CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast, or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com, download it from the Night Connections icon on the home page. As I told you at the beginning of this podcast, looks like I am in for some bodily harm, because I am about to reveal a secret code, which has come to be called the Rules. And rule number 14 is any attempt to document these rules could result in bodily harm to the male. (laughs) Now, these rules were obviously written by a woman. And I am pretty sure that the threat of bodily harm to which she is referring has nothing to do with the possibility of my receiving some kind of complete sexual exhaustion from her. Okay? And I know she meant these rules maybe for fun. Here they are. Rule number one, the female always makes the rules. Rule number two, the rules are subject to change at any time without prior notification. Number three, no male can possibly know all the rules. Number four, if the female suspects that a male knows all the rules, she must immediately change some or all of the rules. Number five, the female is never wrong. Number six, if the female is wrong, it is because of a flagrant misunderstanding, which is the result of something the male said or did that was wrong. Number seven, the male must apologize immediately for causing the misunderstanding. Number eight, the female can change her mind at any time. Number nine, the male must never change his mind without prior consent of the female. Number 10, the female has every right to be angry at any time. Number 11, the male must remain calm at all times, unless the female wants him to be angry or upset. Number 12, the female must never let the male know whether or not she wants him to be angry or upset. Number 13, if the female has PMS, all rules are null and void. And as I said, number 14 is any attempt to document these rules could result in bodily harm to the male. (laughs) I know that was meant to be kind of funny. But you know, 
Maybe. Gotta tell you, with all due respect, I think the woman who wrote those rules was probably involved with some guy or, or guys who seriously let their love boat slide into reverse, full speed astern. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.